laughter platform, or just chat with anyone wearing a printed name badge. We're delighted to talk about what we love about this community and eager to learn what brought you here today and what you're seeking. I'll check in to see who's attending remotely on Zoom, which will take me a larger, longer moment because I forgot to sign into the Zoom chat. A moment, please, for my own technical difficulties. Oh no, the link's not in the news and notes anymore. Do we have any comments in Zoom in the back? Oh dear, we do? Well, we will maybe come back to Zoom in a momentarily once I figured out. Well, rats. So I apologize. I'll attempt to vamp while I sign into Zoom. <laughs> that would be lovely. Ah, got it. I got it, yes. Audio. So you can see on Zoom that I've had sundry te uh, technical difficulties. Uh, all right. And I've not gotten any of the comments. So if you have comments, please repost them and I will have an opportunity to see them momentarily. In the meantime, I'll return to our platform. So. With again, my apologies, but it works out. It is good to connect and to share this time together. We even gave time for Amy to get into the hall. Opening the words this morning are a mini author poem from Tumblr, of all places. Hope is a weapon. Hope is a skill. Hope is a plant you can care for or kill. Hope is a discipline, something you choose. Hard to stop looking for, easy to lose. Hope isn't something to have or to take, but if you can't find it, it's something you make. Make it from willpower, make it from spite. Learn how to weaponize love in a fight. Hope is a shield and a thing to defend, an end in itself and a means to our ends. Today's opening song is The Incredivitz, performed by Perry Bider. Thank you. 
So a few comments from the Zoom, now that I can see them. So, Mark Meyer says, good morning to everyone from Rockville. Trang Duong notes that she got hers just fine. I assume that's a link to something. Judy Myers, howdy from Columbia. And then I got a number of people telling me where to get the link to get into the platforms. It's a good bunch, that's right. And John and Abby said, good morning from John and Abby. Checking in from COVID quarantine. We hope you all are feeling better soon. And Mark Meyer repeated, good morning, because I asked him to. So, it keeps going to where I, it thinks I want to be instead of where I was. The downside of using Google Notes for this. Each week we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. You can read it here in person or make a recording. That will be included in a future platform. Today's reader is Amy Fultz. Amy is one of our platform slide artists. So every week you see the great slides. Amy is one of those people. She's also a new addition to the Sunday officiants team. So you'll soon begin seeing more of her up on the stage as well. Morning, everyone. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thanks so much, Amy. As Amy lights our community candle, I invite everyone to join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Okay, now for the next digression. Our time for all ages this morning is a special ceremony, a celebration of transitions and new beginnings. Three young people who have grown up at West. Levi Leica, Robin Pfeiffer, and Tegan Nam have recently graduated from high school. And are launching into the next phase of their lives. We will take this time to celebrate their accomplishments and to support them in this exciting new chapter where they will navigate new challenges and seize opportunities for personal and intellectual growth. Levi and Robin, who are present, should come up. 
and will share their future plans and a memory of their growing up at Wes. And we have a visual. Not yet? Okay. No, it's just me. Who wants it? Hi, I'm Levi. At Wes for my entire life. My parents joined Wes well before I was born, and I have I'm seeing many familiar faces and a handful of new faces that have watched me grow up. And as I have graduated, I will be going up to Boston to attend Boston University for technical theater, um, Bachelor of Fine Arts. And I am so excited <laughs> because I've been involved in theater for a very, very long time. And that sort of started here at WES. Our winter festival that is every year <clears throat> has all sorts of puppetry and dancing and performing. And part of that ritual every year is the littlest children to the oldest children come up and light a candle. And when I was very young, it was Peggy Gates who would reassure everybody and usher them up and read their names. And that has always been so special to me, especially because my name has changed. And one year I got to hear her say my chosen name. And that was very special to me. Uh, so my name is Robin. My pronouns are they, them. I have kind of weird plans for uh, after high school. I was also homeschooled, so I think I have a tendency to think outside the box in terms of education and everything else. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to do after high school, uh, I decided I wanted to go to college somewhere else. I didn't want to go to college in the U.S. And I'm a German citizen, so Europe seemed kind of like an obvious choice. Uh, I ended up settling on Norway, uh, but I didn't have time to study Norwegian to the level I needed to. So instead, I'm taking kind of a gap year. Uh, so this year, I'm going to a Norwegian folk high school to study Norwegian, among other things. I'm also going to do a bunch of cool stuff like go on trips and, I don't know, learn handball or something. They've got a bunch of electives. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, and then the other thing that I've already done and would like to continue doing is this summer I worked at a scout camp uh, and that was really cool. It, like genuinely was life-changing um i learned a lot and it was it kind of reinforced for me that like scouting and wes share so many values and it's something i've talked about before i did a whole platform about it but <laughs> um like living that every day and working with people who cared so much about um like making making it work even when stuff went wrong and like making that experience for the scouts and the leaders um that was like really impactful and it like genuinely was an honor to be part of that staff and like be part of creating that experience for everyone so 
Yeah, that's what I've got. Awesome. <laughs> the poet E. E. Cummings observed, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. We at West have been witness to your growth and your courage. We celebrate the young adults you have become and look forward to your continued maturation. This transition is an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to embrace the challenges that will shape your adulthood. The world awaits all that you have to offer. So keep achieving, keep accomplishing, but never forget to keep being the persons you are today, kind, caring, and compassionate. You've each chosen to pursue higher education. Felix Adler noted that the ideal of school is not the adaptation of the individual to the existing social environment. It is to develop individuals who are competent to change their environment to greater conformity with moral ideals. We do not offer you a perfect world, but rather a world much in need of change towards higher ideals. We welcome you to the struggle of making the world a better place where love and justice cross all borders. And just as you are embarking on the course of lifelong learning, so too do we pledge ourselves to continued learning and growth as a community. We commit to action to right the wrongs of the past, and we invite you now to participate with us fully in the sacred task of healing the world and making it whole. And just as a community supports its members, we ask all present to offer their well wishes and support to Levi, Robin, and Tegan, wherever they may be. These are our wishes for you. Behind, beyond fire with wonder and wisdom. May your heart be aflame with love for this life. May your hands be ignited with purpose and your spirit be aglow with courage and compassion. You are a light unto the world and you carry our steadfast love with you wherever you may go. As a community, we reflect on the moments we've shared and the support we've provided. We pledge to continue being a source of guidance, encouragement, and love to you both. Please repeat after me. We bless you. We, bless you. we, love, you. we love you. May your life unfold with joy. Let us now enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today I am particularly mindful of the peoples of Central and South America, particularly Ecuadorians, who have endured so much political violence, and of all refugees who have fled violence and poverty in search of new hope. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love.
I invite you now into a time of meditation with another poem. This one isn't from Tumblr. Instead, it comes to us from the Reverend Dr. David Breeden, a Unitarian minister and translator of classical philosophy based in Minneapolis. After each stanza, I invite you to pause and breathe, all of us together. For the setting sun from an airplane window, for the rising sun from a train window after riding all night, for the rising sun and setting sun in directions that feel foreign, for the sunlight, even when we are lost. For the times the heart has longed to be alone, for the times the heart has ached for another, for leaving in fear, for leaving in hope. For the way home and the way away. For the windows and the suns we have seen, for the windows and the suns we will see, for memory and forgetting, for the change that is our lives.
wanted to make sure he was done. It's good stuff. There was a long pause. Our reading today on Felix Adler's birthday is an excerpt from his 1880 book of platforms, Creed and Deed. Our ideal is that of the fellowship of humanity and highest wisdom, highest truth, and highest love. The form of this ideal, excuse me, Google Docs, man. The form of this ideal, therefore, can be none other than a new fellowship united by the higher truths and purer love that makes its bond to be a symbol of the highest. We are weary of the unreal and untrue existence we are forced to lead. We are weary of the emptiness of routine. We are weary of the false coin of reputation that passes current in the market of Vanity Fair. We are weary of the low standards by which our actions are judged and to which, to our dismay, we perceive our actions insensibly conform. But the pressure of social influences about us is enormous, and no single arm can resist it. We must needs band together then if we would achieve a higher life. We must create for ourselves a purer atmosphere. If any rarer virtues are to flourish in our midst, we must make our own public opinion to buoy us up in every loftier aspiration. Unions we want that will hold, not religion as a duty, but duty as a religion, union to achieve a larger morality. Three things morality demands of us as interpreted in the light of our present social conditions, greater simplicity of manners, greater purity in the passions, greater charity. Ah, apparently I wasn't projecting enough. Okay. It's hard to project when you're trying to read the thing. Our platform speaker today is Karen Schofield Laker. Karen has been a member of West since 1995 and has held many volunteer roles over the years. Most pertinent today, Per is a member of the efficiency team that crafted today's platform, specifically that great moving on ceremony. Karen has also served as a member of the West staff, a perspective Per is bringing to Per's remarks today. Thanks, Adam. I think I'm actually going to go old school and just use paper today. <laughs> I've gotten so used to the tablet, but. Um, so it's great to be here again at the podium, the, excuse me, the lectern this morning. Um, and the title for the talk, Our Future is What We Make It, was selected both with a nod to our teens, since they are very much in that mode right now, and also in recognition that we each have a role to play in creating the West community and the world that we desire. So some of you will remember, and other, but others may not even know, that I was once on the West staff back in 1997 to 2001, so in the olden days. But I think that gives me something of a unique vantage point, which I decided I would like to share with you all this morning. Um, and that specific experience has surfaced a few times in the last few months as newer members um, have wondered about how things used to be, as there's been a lot of, we've had a lot of angst, rightly so, around our ability to pay our staff and what that means um, for what all we'll be having 
going forward as we go forward. So what I would like to tell you briefly about this morning is Wes's patterns of staffing and volunteerism. Um, speak a little bit about the reality of our resources and the implications and envision the West that we might create together. So West has had little staff, more staff, and now less staff. Um, and for years, like decades, West had a senior leader and maybe no other staff or some part-time help. But during the 1970s and 80s, during Don Montagna's leadership, Wes grew to have an extraordinary array of programs, much more than would be expected given a small staff and the size of our congregation. There was an incredibly vibrant adult education program that nearly every member participated in. People would talk about working incidents on the awareness wheel and things like that. There was a common language. It's kind of like back in the day when there were three television channels and everybody watched the same things and knew what was going on. There was a bit of that mode because everyone really did participate pretty extensively in the same kinds of activities. Um, I was hired as the second sort of full-time staffer in June 1997, and the role as it was construed then, because staff roles have changed based on needs and talents, um, I was hired as Director of Administration and Adult Education. And over the four years that I worked here, the staff grew, increasing the part-time roles of Mary Herman into being full-time community coordinator and then ultimately a certified leader, and Peggy Gates, who is here today, as director of Sunday School and team programs, and then took on international work, et cetera. So we grew um, because the demands of the program required it. There was a lot of complexity um, to what was going on, and things were advantaged by having you know, some people who could provide some consistency and some easy coordination and communication to support all of that work. Our Sunday school grew so large that we had to turn families away for lack of space. And eventually we went to two platforms to accommodate all the kids. We created a coming of age program out of the tragedy of a teen member's death. And we launched the International Partners Program to build solidarity with people in El Salvador. Now, through all this, we used to depend on stay-at-home parents, in particular, for a lot of that effort. But as times changed and there were fewer people who had the ability to volunteer that number of hours, um, members shifted more into what I would call a fee-for-service mindset, right? So willing to pay for work that they didn't have time to do themselves. And over time, that culture of being served has persisted, but the fee-paying part has not kept pace. So we can't go back to either model of counting on people who have overly busy lives, including children who also have overly busy lives, right? So the patterns of participation have become quite different. Um, but we also have to recognize that we have some constraints in our resource pool, so what do we do? So Wes has certainly depended on the creativity, enthusiasm, and effort of volunteers to make things happen throughout our history. But things ebb and flow over time, depending on the interests and the energy of members. 
So I want to share a few examples of some things that have happened in the past um, and kind of what, how they moved on. So I have a visual aid. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll come to this one in a moment. I'm going to just prop it. Sorry. It's Easily see, not easily seen by just everyone. You can take a look at it after the fact. Um, one of the major things that um, lasted here for a decade from the sort of mid-80s to the mid-90s was the Helping Hands Craft Fair. And that um, emerged at a time when um, the homelessness crisis in D.C. was quite acute. Not that it's not still an acute problem, but it's much less in the public eye these days. But it was... It was an, literally an all-hands-on-deck kind of thing. There were just about every member of the congregation participated in this. It was a big craft sale at the beginning of December, but it was a really a year-long production to solicit the crafts and price things and plan for the event and promote it. And people came from all across the city. Lots of people in West now own jewelry and artwork and things that were purchased at the Helping Hands craft sale. I actually miss it as a great gift-getting space. Um, but. It really was, again, back to that three television channel kind of thing. Every member of the congregation really pretty much participated in that work. Um, and so it was fairly mono-focused social justice work at the time. There were certainly other things that went on at a small scale, but that was really the singular big social justice program that we did. And then over time, you know, people, it, it's novelty wore off, people got tired of doing the work, the public focus shifted away from homelessness, and so eventually um, it, the, the program ended. Um, Levi mentioned we used to have make amazing puppets for our festivals, um, was particularly for a winter festival, but also spring festival. Um, there was a children's dance ensemble. Members painted these, this backdrop and things like that. So the, the, the seasonal festivals were quite elaborate. We made a small child fly one year. Um, with great trepidation, but it was a beautiful thing to behold when it happened. Um, and there was a very big cohort of kids that were involved and intergenerationally. Joe London was very involved in it one year back in the days when there were lots of small children working on it. Jeff participated in later years. We've had all kinds of folks participate in, in this really great flourishing of artistic expression. West, including great opportunities for people who didn't really think that they were particularly artistic or talented as performers, and they were amazing. So we've had that pattern. COVID certainly put the kibosh on that, um, but you know, I would encourage that there are opportunities like that going forward that we could re recreate. I mentioned international partners earlier. Um, it actually grew to the point where it sort of spun itself off and became an independent entity. And then West created Global Connections, which took over some of that work, but focused specifically on our partner relationship in El Salvador. Um, and it too has, for you know, many. Um, delegations of adults and teens that have gone and had life-changing experiences. Um, but it is also facing some challenges right now in terms of whether there are people that are interested and available to make that trek to El Salvador and maintain that relationship. And so it's going through kind of a rethinking process to determine what might be its next appropriate step. And then next wave, which is the example that I have the visual aid for. So when I came here in 1993, three, four, um, first coming in, I was 
almost a decade younger than the next nearest youngest person, probably, at the time, and um, which was okay, um, but it, it was a little lonely to be <laughs> um, in a different life phase than many of the other members. And eventually a few others came and um, we, we kind of out of solidarity created a cohort called Next Wave. And at the time, mostly, um, I think I was one of the few married people in the group and John with John. Um, it was mostly single people, but over time, you know, I would say, for example, the event, um, there's a picture on here that is literally the day that John Kennedy and Abby Davis began what is now the Dakins. Right, so um, there were other, you know, the the Kaufmans, the Schofield Lakers, the Weinfeld Patels group, you know, folks that have um, other folks that were participated and have, you know, moved on to other things, and we were an age cohort. Um, which caused some consternation at the time, um, but yeah, you were not, we're no longer the young adult group anymore, right? Like we moved through all those phases over the last 20 years. These photos are from 2002, um, and, um, and that's okay, right? Because people grow and we go through different phases of life and um, we still have friendships and relationships that persist, but our mode of engaging has changed over time. So, again, it's okay for things to evolve, to fall away. The question is, what does that space make possible for new things to emerge? We used to have a very do-it-yourself culture here at Wes. Um, it was literally like, if you could imagine it, go do. That was, that was the, the, the kind of dictum, just go make it happen. It was really a very much manifestation of the reality producing function of the mind. Um, and lots of amazing things happened and some things tried and didn't stick and didn't work and that was okay. But over time, again, with somewhat less availability for volunteerism and with a growing sort of sense of thinking about like integration and of, of effort and quality control and things like that, things became a little bit more consolidated under the role of staff. And now <laughs> that doesn't work so well because we can't ask our staff to do all the things that we say we want to have happen under the amount of resources, the number of hours that we pay them to do the work. And let me tell you, having been a staff member, there's really no amount of pay that really compensates the staff for the amount of the number of hours they do, let alone the very deep emotional labor that is working for a religious community, particularly a community like Wes, where there are lots of expectations that are pretty varied <laughs> and um, where we are not shy about expressing ourselves. So we really do then think, have to rethink things. So we are faced with declining rentals and pledge revenue. And so now we need to think about how to live within our means. Now, as people of privilege, most of us don't have a whole lot of practice with this. We're used to be able to having both, not either this or that. So there's some um, practical and spiritual growth that we need to exercise here in terms of learning how to prioritize um, what we want. Now, there are two ways that we can approach this. We can either right-size our expectations, 
Or we could grow the pool of resources by pledging more and by doing more ourselves and really returning to an ethos of Wes as a co-created, self-directed congregation. So that actually could be a both approach, right? That is a place where we could have both. We could have both right-sizing expectations and growing the resource pool. Um, but until we really get that pool built up, we will have to learn how to make hard choices and how to prioritize things. So the, what could that look like? What kinds of things could that do? It might mean signing up every six weeks or so to be a greeter or being willing if we bring back coffee to make the coffee or wash the cups. Right, um, we're gonna start practicing this morning, going to habit we used to have of clearing the chairs to the side at the end of platform, right? Um, there are any number of very pragmatic tasks that could be done um, easily without a lot of planning, pre-planning or advanced time commitment. And there are much more complex tasks that of course require our thought and our energy and our collaboration. Felix Adler said, ethical religion can be real only to those who are engaged in ceaseless efforts at moral improvement. By moving upward, we acquire faith in an upward movement without limit. So the life of our community is fluid. It is ever changing with new lives, new visions, new possibilities, new paths. People come, people go, um, but there is an abiding interest in being in community together and of making the world a better place. And so everyone has a role to play in creating the vibrant West that we desire. And so our future is what we make it. Okay, let's see if that works now. Projecting better now, yes? Okay. Karen has reminded me with Per's decision to use n written notes or printed notes in this case, that it really does just work better. It's harder to lose your pace on a page that doesn't change with a mind of its own. With that, thank you, Karen. In a few moments, we will have our community sharing time when you can write into the chat or share in person at the mic about what resonated with you to in this platform. While we listen to today's musical response, you might prepare by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that the platform brings to mind. As, As I, was I was thinking, thinking about, about what piano pieces I could contribute that would fit with today's theme, it occurred to me, oh, wait, I've got a song about a volunteer. Um, in particular, this is a guy who's eagerly awaiting his close encounter of the third kind. Fortunately for us here at West, we have more realistic opportunities to volunteer. They're coming to get me. The signs are very clear. They're 
and there's only 50 million miles between us. The signs are very clear, they'll soon be here, they're coming to get me. See, Perry, you didn't have to worry about them getting the joke. Because <laughs> we're all a bunch of nerds. It's really great. This is the time when we add our voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonates with our personal experiences. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. If you are here in person, I encourage you to practice the same kind of brevity that our online commenters use. And if you've spoken in recent weeks, please consider leaving space for other voices today. You can come to the microphone here on the floor and share brief comments. Let's start by checking to see what online participants have written in the Zoom comments. Beautiful, Perry. 
and a little echoey on the on the sound. But it is what it is. Adam, why don't you kick us off? Hi, I'm Adam Goldberg. Thank you for that great platform, Karen. And I don't have a comment about the platform, but from the platform, because we're going to clear the room and talk later, I wanted to mention that I'm going to be speaking on behalf of Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, SEEK. And I just wanted to make a couple of quick points for all of you out there who are saying, I don't have kids here at West. You don't have to have kids here at West. You don't even have to have kids. Uh, and there's no lesson planning and you don't have to do it every week. And it's a lot of fun to hang out with the kids and teach them because we've got great kids here. So come stop by and talk to me about volunteering for SEEK. Thank you. Hi, my name is Peter, he, him, his. Um, so uh, many of you know that uh, my, you know, I lived for a long time on the West Coast in Silicon Valley. And on the West Coast, uh, for vacations, uh, Hawaii is very, very accessible. And so I had some wonderful, wonderful vacations on Hawaii and especially on Maui, but also I really loved the Big Island also. So, uh, so, so although, you know, I do not uh, quarrel with the choice of who we are uh, thinking about now, I, have, I am thinking about the people of Maui and the Big Island who have been suffering under these incredible fires that they have just realized is part of their world because it's just recently become a part of their world, apparently largely due to a large uh, newly uh, grown crop of grass, uh, which they have not quite figured out how to live with yet. Uh, but uh, so I've got my armband on today and I was just realizing that that is part of one of the things I do as part of uh, what you know, I, when I contribute to the, to the congregate, to, to Wes, um, I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. So this is my stuff for today. Uh, Michael Dimian, uh, he, him, uh, thank you for a great platform. Can I say a few words about these young adults? Uh, so they might be surprised because I hardly know them. Uh, as many of you know, I only joined Wes uh, during the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, during a time where we seem to lose a lot of the families with young children, and I came here specifically so that my children could have a community. Um, so Levi, uh, we've seen you as a director at the, uh, uh, and stage director at Blair. Uh, my kids love going to see Blair Theater, uh, high school theater. We've been doing that since they were very young. And when we were there uh, for a recent show and saw Levi up uh, in the, I guess the catwalk area directing everything, they were so inspired and so excited. And, and my eldest, uh, V, uh, just got into the same program at Blair that Levi went through. And I gotta tell you, V, as you probably all know, you've seen her, she tends to look at her phone and sit in the corner because she's got a lot of social anxiety. Levi reached out to um, V and gave her some advice and she was so just excited and enthralled by that. And um, Robin, you may not remember, but during one of the first picnics back 
when we came back from pandemic. I think it was the first live event that we had uh, post-pandemic. Uh, I brought my kids. They were the only sort of school-age kids, uh, you know, not affiliated with the scout troop. And uh, V again was sort of sitting by herself looking at her phone. And I sort of just threw out, we had brought her, she had gotten involved in softball. I brought her a glove and ball. And I said, hey, anyone want to play catch? And Robin volunteered. And it was so sweet to see, you know, a young uh, community member reach out to new uh, people who didn't feel like they had a home here yet. So thank you both. You are amazing young adults. Uh, hi, Jeff. Mihal here. I hadn't planned to speak today, but when Karen mentioned the level of involvement, especially with Winterfest, it just prompted a, um, a memory. Um, and I have to be, to be fair, uh, I've known Karen and John for what can politely be termed decades, decades. <laughs> And certainly now, you know, and certainly Levi would count. And I do consider um, the three of them to be among my closest and dearest friends. Um, I was going through some old things, yes, not yesterday, a couple of weeks ago, and I found the program for the 2005 Winterfest. Uh, that was one of my favorites, and if, if you weren't around at the time, it takes an entire page uh, you know, eight and a half by ten page in single space type to list everybody who was involved from the actors to the chorus to the stage people to everybody. Um, and I especially remember that year because Karen and I were both sitting side by side. We had two puppets, two huge puppets. They were so big they couldn't even really fit on the door. We had to bring them in horizontally and then stand them up. Uh, Karen did the voice of the spring a puppet, this big, huge white globe, and Per was the uh, voice of sweetness and light and regrowth. Yours truly was the winter puppet, and so I was the voice of darkness and despair, and I had to go, and it was one of the best productions I've ever done. It was the easiest one because all I had to do was sit behind a music stand and read the lines, no dialogue to memorize. Now, nostalgia is great, but it only gets you so far. Um, I'd like to bring, I hope that we could bring back uh, the Winterfest, maybe not to the degree like, you know, 1950s Hollywood epics, but to a point where everybody can, can contribute something. And COVID notwithstanding, we do have the technology we didn't have 18 years ago. And let's see what we can do to make that happen. Good morning. I'm Laura, she, hers. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, John. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Kate. And I can't see who's the other person back there. And Eric. Oh, hi. They're all volunteers. These two have been volunteering. A lot of you have been volunteering. Think for a moment what brought you to do that, though. I love what Karen laid out for us in the history. It's so important for us to remember 
where we've come from, what has informed us, it's also important for us to think about each of us as a volunteer steward of this community. And I know for me, what brings me here to volunteer over the years is loving the community, loving the vibrancy of our community, loving the togetherness and relationships of our community and each other. And all of the things we have accomplished and done and brought forward in the past are part of our present. That present needs to move forward, perhaps in a different way as Karen was saying. But what needs to stay the same is why? Why are we here? What does ethical culture and West mean to us? And how do we express that? And if we don't have tons of time, maybe we have little bits of time. Maybe we have medium times. Maybe we write something or arrange a song. My goodness, this man could run everything under the sun with his talents. And, 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 and I encourage those of you who are here, those of you who are watching, and those of you who will watch, to think about that question. What does this mean to me, and how can I contribute to keep it going? How am I a steward volunteer? Let's make it happen. Hi, everybody. I'm John. Karen and I joined Wes late in the 20th century. And the sound system really had a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. So I came out of college radio, and I said, I can help make it better. So I took it upon myself to work with the people who are already here to make it so that people could hear platform. And that was great. That made me feel good. That's how I contributed. And I kept doing it and recording platforms and producing CDs and just stuff that needed to get done. And that was okay. I had time for that back then. Then the pandemic came and I said to myself, well, now I can help people see platform because there isn't anything going on here. It's all online. So I got together with a bunch of people and we figured out how to make that work. And now people can see platform from home and participate a little bit. We're looking for ideas on how to expand upon that. But you know, I don't see myself as a volunteer. I'm a participant. And so, you know, we pay dues and, you know, we're members, um, you know, we do what we can there. And that's great. We need to air condition the building and things like that. There's a cost that comes with the ethical society being the ethical society. But now I ask of everybody, including all you folks out there, what would you like West to be 
for you. It doesn't have to be what it was. I don't think it can be what it was. But what can it, what would you like Wes to be like for yourself? And then talk to KC, let's say, and just say, hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? And chances are KC will say something like, sure, let's see what you can do with it and gather people around you and put together a little plan and you know just get started. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. Maybe it's just, you know, like at college. I've learned that, you know, college isn't what it was like for me. Today there are hundreds of clubs at you know larger universities and stuff. And maybe you just want to get together with people from West and talk about stamp collecting. Because, well, that's what you did when you were a teenager. So, I still have my stamps. So, what does Wes look like for you? What would you like it to be like for others? And just start doing it with people. It's, it's a lot easier than it sounds. Because the more people who participate, the more rich all of us will be. So you'll have heard from every member of the Lika family here. Um, I will try to keep this brief since um, our response period is very drawn out. But something that I participated in through many years of being here was the Memorial Day West camping trip. And I really liked the comment about participation that my dad made because at the West camping trip, everybody is involved in creating a community in an entirely new space. And I think through the almost two decades I've been attending West, we have been in, although the same building, in many different spaces and during the camping trip, everybody is involved in cooking and cleaning and participating in the different kinds of activities that people want to see happen in their time there. Whether it's hiking or biking or making crafts or going out into the fields and picking flowers with each other. And those are some of my most fondest memories from when I was little. And it doesn't have to be any of those activities through the years after but we need to participate and hear each other on what we want to see happen because otherwise if you don't vocalize it isn't it won't become reality thank you i forgot a line so even though i had paper i still skipped a spot um what i meant to say is that if you find yourself saying i wish that dot 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 there's an easy one word fix for that and it is i will as we return now to the podium and more importantly to our zoom participants we do have a number of comments now so, Busola says, thank you, Karen, for that inspiring platform. Judy Meyer says, hear, hear, Laura. 
John and Abby say, or Abby says, Levi, Tegan, and Robin, it's been such an inspiration to see you grow. I've known Levi the longest. I have a distinct memory of them as a baby with a perpetually surprised expression. <laughs> but for all of you, it's been a gift to be a part of the community as you grow. Sue Jacobson notes that the Winter Festival, Spring Festival, and West Seder were developed by Mary Herman. We need someone who is cre organized, creative, organized and created to revive these amazing programs. Sue, I think you just volunteered. <laughs> Sue Smith says, thank you, John L. And Judy Myers, John, thank you, amazing perspective. I think she was gonna write more there, but didn't. So we'll maybe come back to that another time. All right, thank you to all who shared your thoughts and attention. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, we split all undesignated gifts in the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, we are pleased to once again support family and friends of incarcerated people in both the school supply drive and as August's Share the Plate recipient. Friends and families of incarcerated people, I have a hard time saying F-F-I-O-P. Oh, I, it's a lot, it's a lot of letters. Uh, bring services to the children of incarcerated people and at-risk youth, working to disrupt cycles of multi-generational incarceration. We hope everyone will join in helping these students start out the school year fully stocked with school supplies. You can order what they need to make their school year more success successful directly from FFOIP's Amazon wishlist, having it shipped directly to them. Please make your donation by August 20th on their Amazon wishlist, or during the share of the plate and we will share those funds with them at the end of the month as we typically do. So make your donation online by August 20th so that the school supplies can be shared with the students at the annual FFOIP picnic on August 26th to which West members are invited. The Amazon link was in this week's news and notes email. Let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity as we are able to donate online through the Simple Give system. Text an amount to 202-335-1885. Go to tiny.cc forward slash westgives or click on give on our website, ethicalsociety.org. To donate in person today, just place cash or check in the basket at the back of the hall on your way out, and you can always send a check by mail. Thank you for your generosity. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
A few announcements on the life of our community. Are you a cook, a baker, a gift basket maker? Do you like parties, themes, and helping Wes reach its financial dreams? The auction team needs help from now to November. Let's make it an event Wes will remember. Contact Emily Newman for planning, donating, and day of volunteering. Next Sunday, Casey will be back from leave and will be presenting the platform. Apropos of Karen's platform, everyone has a role to play to create a dynamic Wes. So, while we share cake to celebrate our now young adults, not teens, please join us at the Volunteer Fair for a chance to learn more about the wide variety of Wes groups and find your way to make Wes thrive. To that end, as we conclude momentarily, please help stack chairs at the sides and help set up tables for the volunteer fair as you are able. Again, if you are new to our community, please introduce yourself in person or via the connection form at tiny.cc forward slash westconnects or an email to membership at ethicalsociety.org. After the closing words, please join us for social hour either here or via Zoom. As mentioned, we have some special activities today, a volunteer fair and a cake. Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Today's platform speaker, Karen schofield Leica, and musician, Perry Bider. Senior leader, Casey Slack, and staff members, Indara Miles, Robin Kravitz, and Maceo Thomas. And our platform production volunteers, the tech team members, slide artists, Zoom chat usher, and in-person greeters. That's it for announcements and appreciations today. As always, you can find information about opportunities to connect in the weekly news and notes, email, and on the calendar page of Wes's website, ethicalsociety.org. I now invite you to join in our closing song and closing words. So um, if our fellow song leaders would uh, join us up front, uh, we're going to do a three-part song with you, of course. Uh, very simple. Uh, it's called We Are the Ones. We Are the Ones We've Been Waiting For. It's by Sweet Honey and the Rock. Uh, we're going to sing it in the key of C. And John is going to lead the folks doing the bass part down at the end there, which goes like this. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones we've been waiting. Very straightforward. Joe and Karen in the middle are going to lead the melody, which is going to start on the fifth. We are the ones we've been waiting for. 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 And when I'm done here at the piano, I'm going to stand up and lead the descant, which is going to start on the third. If you want, you can sing it. We are the ones, we are the ones waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones waiting. Okay, got it?
later. That's for the volunteer fair. <laughs> and now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment to a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you all for joining today's platform in person or remotely. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.